0: I attribute the fact that I'm still dancing to starting late in life. And um, that I stopped. I found my own passion for it.
1: This is Process Piece conversations about the work behind the work with diverse artists from all over the globe. My name is Ruby Josephine Smith, and not only am I the creator and host of this podcast, I am a choreographer and contemporary dance artist based in Tangier, Morocco. This is a podcast in process, about process. I am not only fascinated by the creative process itself, but how to have better and more meaningful conversations about it. Join me in digging deep into what it is that drives a person to make art. Before this episode begins, just a quick reminder that most creative processes are unsustainable without some kind of communal support. This podcast as a process is no different. To support Process Peace, please consider contributing to my Buy Me a Coffee page at buymeacoffee.com Ruby Joe. These metaphorical cups of coffee go directly to the overhead costs of producing this podcast and my newsletter on a regular basis. You can also share your support by rating and reviewing on iTunes or sharing this podcast on social media. Every little thing counts, and I appreciate it all so much. Thank you for listening. On to today's conversation. I am speaking with Minneapolis-based movement and interdisciplinary artist, Sharon Picasso. Sharon's creative work incorporates her rich background in dance, theater, somatics, music, and design. She invests in cultivating an inclusive and sustaining creative environment and, above all, values the process. Her collaborative and performance work provides the privilege of working with a wide variety of artists, most recently, Deborah Jenza Thayer. Pedro Pablo Lander, Jennifer Glaz, Jess Forrest, Paula Mann, and Rosie Simas dances. She studied theater and psychology at the University of Minnesota Duluth and earned a degree in dance and performance choreography from the Boston Conservatory. I met Sharon way back when I was in high school, when I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to dance with her in a professional production that was actually produced by my own dad uh, back when he was an active composer in the dance scene in Minneapolis. I talk a little bit more about that in the beginning of this conversation but what i was really eager to dive into is where she is now in her career i've been watching from afar for some time now as she creates work and performs and it was such a joy to learn more about what this growth has looked like for her we sat in my dad's studio in our minneapolis home last christmas chatting over scones and tea in this episode we discuss her beginnings in theater and psychology and why she took a break from dance for two years How becoming a mother positively impacted her career as a choreographer, and how she makes life and work sustainable for her. Being a self-proclaimed slow cooker in terms of creative process, her thoughtful and special relationship with failure, plus she shares a couple of my favorite answers that I've heard so far in terms of what her daily rituals are for creativity, so make sure you listen until the end for that kind of inspiration. It was such a pleasure reconnecting with Sharon, and I hope you enjoy and learn as much from her as I did. Here is my conversation with Sharon Picasso. Mm. Mm. Well, welcome, Sharon, to the Process Piece podcast. Thank you. Thank you for coming to our home. It's really lovely to have you here, and it's amazing that I haven't seen you in... What did we decide? 11, 11 years? 11 years. That's incredible. I know. That's really crazy. Yeah, it's just, I'll tell the little story. So, we okay. were in a, a dance piece together 11 years ago when I was still in high school um, called Admittance, and my dad actually produced it, I guess mm-hmm. you would say. He produced and directed and made the music Broke, for yeah. it. And yeah, it was really wonderful to work with so many amazing dancers, including yourself. Thank in you. You are amazing. Oh, thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I have not watched it in years, so. It's good. Oh, yeah. I I'll have to good. revisit that. Well, mm-hmm. thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: um, I'm really excited to dive into your process today and hear more about what you've been doing. Um, but before we do that, just to go kind of back to the beginning, so what was your first memory of creating movement? Mm,
0: that's a good one. No oh, thanks. I think that, let's see, I always wanted to, to dance and take dance classes, so mm-hmm. I would say I borrowed one of my sister's ballet slippers and twirled around the room. Oh, nice. Then on the next level, I would listen to um, music and choreograph in my head, mm. but never actually physicalize it, but I created all this narrative in my really? head. Like Barry Manilow and Saturday Night Fever. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Uh... I first started dance when I was 13, I think. Okay. So a little bit later. Yeah. Okay. Um and I was like the dance captain for the musical.
1: Okay. So did you start with more kind of jazz, yes. Broadway, jazz.
0: theater dance? Yes. And and then I would be the person to choreograph kind of the mm-hmm. weird musical theater sections. Okay, cool. Um and I think the very first thing that I like set out to make or to um, express myself was mm-hmm. a, I was a freshman,
1: sophomore in college. Okay. And that was my very first like real piece of choreography. choreography. Okay. Yeah. And did you, I think I saw you studied theater and psychology mm-hmm. in your first years. Yeah. So what led to that? Why not dance to begin with?
0: Well, there was no dance major. Mm, So studying (laughs) theater, which I had already been dabbling in, Mm -hmm. um, was adjacent to the dance department. Okay. And so I'd be taking all these dance classes to support the theater
1: major. Were you interested as well in more the theatrical side of movement?
0: Yeah, musicals Mm. mostly. Oh,
1: really? Okay. And then the storytelling aspect, I guess. Yeah. And the psychology kind of trapped in there. Yeah, how did that kind of play into your work at the time
0: i think um i'm not totally sure that's a good question (laughs) it definitely in theater you know that like character expression Mm -hmm. definitely uh story arcs and things like that for me it was um i wasn't able to express myself fully in theater My teachers would say, well, Sharon, you've just become a character, and then you kind of break through those emotional walls as this character. But it didn't work that well for me. It didn't feel Hmm. as full. And so I gravitated to movement to express myself, and I think that's where that... psychology
1: comes in okay yeah that makes a lot of sense i mean there's so much psychology in dance as well Mm -hmm. you don't always think about that but Mm -hmm. especially when you work with other people yes exactly and especially when you're approaching it i think more from a theatrical emotional storytelling sort of space Mm -hmm. and just uh working with an ensemble working with a group of people Mm -hmm. and how we all feel safe and creative in the space together yeah absolutely so, what did your kind of trajectory look like after college?
0: Well, I went to two colleges. Okay, three. yes, I saw I went that to three, colleges. three. Okay,
1: I saw there was U of M Duluth and yeah. then Boston Conservatory. Mm-hmm. And then I went, spent one year at uh,
0: Saint Scholastica in Duluth.
1: Okay, cool.
0: And that's where I was studying psychology more. Okay, I see. Um, so after after. Mm-hmm. My last college? Yes. <laughs> so that was a conservatory, so that was really, they were just really setting us up to mm. step right out into the field. Um, I actually stopped dancing. Really? I did. Interesting. Yeah.
1: And yeah, why was right that? right after
0: school. Um, there was kind of a, it was intense. It was okay. kind of an intense experience at the conservatory. Yeah. that very last year, um, there was a few things that I uh, let's see how about, how would I explain it? Disappointing, disappointing experiences within the field with my some of my teachers or the director mm-hmm. of the program and uh, uh, like a lack of support, like uh, because of a personal yeah. thing, and that was disappointing. Working with a professional professional that came into the program. And I was pretty disappointed mm. with how they were treating, especially the younger students. Oh, wow. it, just,
1: it was a little disillusioned, I guess yeah. would be the right word. I've heard that happening with some conservatory programs, that they can be so intensive and push you so hard that you you need that break afterwards mm. or, or that disillusionment can happen. Yeah. I wanted to not dance.
0: Wow. Yeah. So I tried to be normal, quote unquote. Be normal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I took a desk job. Okay. Um, I didn't move at all. Yeah. That was unusual. Like, what would happen if I didn't move my body? Mm-hmm. What would happen to me? Um, I used my brain differently. And still a little bitter about the program. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I still wanted to. That nobody was in my way. That it was I was in my own way. That's yeah. why I wasn't dancing. And that I really, really wanted to. Yeah, and so I I attribute the fact that I'm still dancing to starting late in life. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if I started earlier, if I would still be dancing. But mm. I know I I had such a desire to start, and I started so late that I had yeah. this like you still had the drive lush desire, <laughs> yeah.
1: And um, that I stopped. Yeah, and I found my own passion for it. Yeah. I think that's really important. That's mm-hmm. really valuable to step away from your work for a while, and I think it makes you reappreciate it. Yeah, cause it's not easy. No, it's really not easy. So <laughs> it's not an easy life. It's not an easy life. So yeah. to know that you really want to do it and you made a very active choice mm-hmm. to to just continue, then yeah, I love that. Yeah, it sounds like that's been important for you. It has been. Yeah, yeah. especially with having a family and things. So it gets yeah it I rely on that and did, were you drawn originally to more performance or directly to choreography mm-hmm. both both okay mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, both um I love performing
0: other people's work and uh which is is a great way of being in in the art form, being some uh, uh performing for other people, yeah like physicalizing their ideas. And the choreography was uh, like uh, my voice.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like that's always been in you with mm-hmm. choreographing in your head yes, and everything. And yeah, in my very man, a little. Yeah, exactly. In my head. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Amazing. And so, has most of your career been in Minnesota? I know you travel quite a bit, but mm-hmm. have you been based here for most of it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a little bit in Boston, mm-hmm. so I I went to school in Boston right. and I did work. Uh, I showed work outside of school yeah. in the Boston area. I did a little bit of performance in San Francisco. I don't think I choreographed there. I don't think I did. Yeah. And then, yeah, most of it's been in Minnesota. Okay,
1: how has that been, kind of navigating the art field in Minnesota throughout these years?
0: Good, it's been uh, not not an easy transition. I've always had mm-hmm. this, uh, how, do I, how do I explain it? I was offered a spot in the program at the U. Okay, yeah. And um, instead of going to Boston, mm. so Sharon, don't go to Boston. Come to the U and finish out your degree okay. here at the U because you're going to get A B C D. Blah, blah, right, blah. it's going to be fantastic. Right. This was when the program was being designed as more of a conservatory. It was like a oh, projection; it hadn't started happened yet. And so, I thought about it Mm -hmm. but I thought I wanted to be a really little fish in a big pond
1: Hmm. and I wanted
0: to be have this new experience where I didn't know anybody Mm -hmm. didn't know the the area at all um but everything that the the director of the program at the U said was going to happen actually did happen and (laughs) so I now came back to the city that I would have already had this great foundation laid sure. if I had gone to school there. Yeah, as an outsider coming in, so my um, it was harder to get involved in the dance community because mm-hmm. it was already pretty established with the yeah. people who went to school here. Or right. From
1: here. Yeah, we were talking about that. It's a very insular community mm-hmm. here. Tight. Yeah, exactly.
0: So it's hard to get into. Yeah. So that took a, a number of
1: years. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Some people say. Uh, it could take upwards to like 10 years. So
1: like, really? Mm. Oh, my
0: God. I'm trying to think of what it was for me.
1: Yeah. I really? would say. About 10 years. Mm-hmm. And what did that look like, just kind of putting yourself out there, trying to make connections? Yeah. Like, well, I was involved in a company that was a little
0: more quiet. Okay. So kept to themselves. And there wasn't a lot of outside people coming to see the company. Mm-hmm. So my performance and my choreography didn't get seen a lot for the first time. Oh, so maybe that was him for the first, like, nine ten years. Yeah. That was great experience, though.
1: Yeah. Fabulous experience. Sometimes it can be nice to create in that more quiet environment yeah. because you really can just express yourself and explore different depths that if you don't have an audience or you don't have too many eyes on mm-hmm. you, you may not be able to explore otherwise. Yeah, and have this great support network. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh,
0: I, I stepped out a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. but I would say once my son was born, Mm -hmm. uh, things shifted in my life in such a way that I had more opportunity to Mm -hmm. choreograph. So I thought, um, my world's already weird. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) what would happen if I tried to choreograph something more large? Yeah. Like a larger story or something more in depth. Okay. Rather than like a seven minute piece of work.
1: Sure. Yeah. What was that first piece? Could I do it?
0: Yeah. Did it you was, do it? <laughs> I, it was in 2014. Okay. It was through Red Eye Theater's new works. Okay. Yeah. And I thought this would be a nice way for me to see how, if I could be a, um, a mom that will not neglect her child mm-hmm. and still get, be creative because yeah. I tend to be really involved in my head. Right. So can I compartmentalize enough to, mm-hmm. to do that? And if I did it through this program, there would be some support. It's a long, like, six-month process. Okay. Mm-hmm. Regular check-in. It was a good start. I did it. You made it? I did it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it was a different way of being. I yeah. had to only create when I was in the studio space, mm-hmm. and then I had to be done. Okay. And I did the sound, which was, that was my first experience of doing sound, but it was really working because I could be yeah. at home. Oh, amazing, yeah. And be with my child and still be creative.
1: And so my experience went more to the yeah. technical side. That's so heartening to hear. I mean, I have artist parents too, so I've seen how that yeah. balance can look. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like with dancers especially, there's kind of this idea that once you have children, your career mm-hmm. could be over.
0: Yeah.
1: And so it's really heartening to hear that actually it was, I mean, it almost began, it blossomed for you, actually. that year. I think that's really amazing to hear. It's weird, isn't it? It is weird, but it's uh-huh. great. It's really good. Yeah,
0: that was the, that was one of the things that they prepared us for when we left the conservatory was like, yeah. you had, you, um, I'm going to give them a bad, it, it's a totally, no, I... totally
1: different program now. Exactly. It's okay. This was many years ago. Back in the day, <laughs> yeah, totally
0: different program now. Yeah. But back in the day, it was, you cannot have a significant relationship. Wow. And, and, uh, be performing at a high level in the field.
1: Oh my god! And you definitely can't have kids. Do you think that's an old-fashioned mindset? Yeah. Do you think that's shifting now? I hope so. I hope so too. <laughs> um, I I don't know. That's a good question.
0: It might be in the back mm-hmm. of people's minds. I mean, there's that whole physical yeah thing. Yeah, that's true. And time. But yeah, I w- I think that um the the whole performing arts world, the um of performing, creating work in non-traditional spaces mm. and different kinds of work lends itself to, yeah. to having more flexibility with family
1: yeah that's really good well I want to get into your work specifically okay. a little bit more um so just first of all kind of as a general how would you describe your work to someone who maybe hasn't doesn't really have an idea of what contemporary dance is mm. even to begin with um I say mm-hmm. contemporary dance can be very different like Absolutely. you can see one thing and
0: it can be called contemporary dance and you can see something else and it'll be totally different. Yes. So I do definitely. say that. Yeah. I say it might not have that same narrative, same story, like a ballet would have the same story. hmm It might be more abstract. Uh, it might not look like you have a painting of a sunflower. hmm And then you have another painting of a sunflower that's abstract. Somewhere in there is the sense of the sunflower, but you might not see it. That's right. how I explain. The interpretation, Yeah. Yeah. I usually tell people, um, it doesn't really matter what I think it is, hmm. but if you go and you find something that is, that you walk away with, something personal for yourself, or an experience you had, mm-hmm. or an idea that you walk away with, then that's all that matters to me. Mm. So...
1: I love that. I was reading your little artist statement. I think it's on your website or somewhere. I found it in the internet. And, um, I read that you were really, you're focused a lot on process. Mm -hmm. And there were also, I found one phrase in particular, really interesting. You said, um, your work, you're aiming for your work to be inclusive and creating an inclusive and sustaining creative environment. Mm -hmm. Um, I know how important word choices and these kind of artist statements. Yes. I agonized over the, you know, the individual words, and so I'm curious how you came to these terms and what that means for you and your uh, work. That's good. Well, sustainable.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to continue to do, to make work and to yeah. dance for other people as long as possible. So, mm-hmm. if it has um, diminishing returns, then I won't be able to continue doing it. Sure. Like I need to be able to be a balanced human being, to um, have energy to live my life in other areas outside of the dance studio. Yeah, that's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to create an environment where people want to be in, and that they feel that I'm seeing them as a real, like a whole person, and not just a uh, hire, a person I hired to mm. move. Okay. That I hired this individual because they bring something special mm. to the process. Yeah. Um I mean that question of sustainability is, is it's a, for me personally um has to do with time and I'm it's always changing
1: mm. kind of the balance of your personal time mhm and yeah. and
0: a lot have a lot to with
1: being a, you know a partner but really being a mom yeah definitely and it's demanding uh, on time yeah and it changes all the time yeah what does it look like for you at the moment just to get an idea of I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> it is the I, holidays I like, right I, now. Well, so I just
0: figured. Well, yeah. I just finished a process that wasn't didn't feel super sustain, sustainable. I thought okay. I cannot sustain this. I don't like who I am right now. Mm, <laughs> I don't want to feel like this, oh, no. and I'm not being a very good mom. Okay. I had that feeling, but um, I also wouldn't be a very good mom if I didn't follow through with what I set out to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, that balance of like getting what I need personally. To be a fulfilled person and if I spend too much of my time in my head thinking about a project or in the studio late at night mm-hmm. building sets yeah um it throws me out of balance that makes a lot of sense yeah
1: so what I say sustainable sustainable and inclusive inclusive yeah, yeah to the whole person yeah and is that to the dancers or to the audience or both both
0: yeah it's hard the audience is hard yeah because uh, oftentimes in the city we end up performing for each other. Right. So the that's audiences is, is, are other artists. Yeah. Um, And that's, like, that's the puzzle to figure out now. Right. Like how to bring other people in or how to bring the work to other people that don't typically find themselves in the dance audience, yeah. dance performance audience.
1: Definitely. That can be a struggle everywhere, I think. I mean, I think it is yeah. unique in the Midwest. It's more like that. But, no, it's true. I think art communities are kind of, I don't know, secular like that. I know. We talk
0: about, like... Throwing the same ten dollars around. Yeah, I keep that's going so to each other's
1: That's so true. <laughs> it is very true. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting to think about. And I wanted to ask more about how you you also specify that you focus on process um, when you're creating work, mm-hmm. and that's definitely what I try to do as well. That's why I have this podcast. I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by process, um, but it also can be challenging because I think there's so much focus on results in the rest of our culture. Yes. And so I'm wondering um, how that's been a challenge for you and maybe a specific instance where you've been challenged in that value.
0: Well, let's see. There's a lot of different ways to jump into that yeah. conversation. Uh, I when, when working with other people, uh, for the last maybe five years, I've been working with people to, uh, sharing their personal stories. Mm-hmm. So my job was to listen to the person's, story um and hold it with care and bring movement to it and out of it in a way that um honored the person and and what they were sharing Mm -hmm. and if i put my own end result on that it wouldn't be nearly as good if it didn't have the other people in the room um so i have to let go of that end result Mm -hmm. And uh, let it evolve the way it's going to evolve. And if that means that it will be at only this certain point be- before we go into the theater, that's what we show. Mm. And now, uh, like slow cooker, mm-hmm. I tend to be a slow cooker now that uh, that I have more drawn my time. I might do another project down the road where it's more fully developed in a, in a way that I may have imagined, or in mm-hmm. then different uh, that the. The bend in the river took it a different direction. I might follow nice. it further down the road. Yeah, I, I keep saying, I keep having this. It might take us off topic. No, it's
1: okay. Go for it.
0: When um, I have this relationship with failure, hmm. like, what is this? What does it mean to be a failure? Because uh, failure could be a reason that someone would stop. And if I let go of that idea of failing, then what could happen? And so I feel like sometimes I put, if you have a, if I super design something where I really, in my mind, craft an end result, then the opportunity to fail is great. Yeah. Because it rarely matches. Right, yeah. You have set expectations. And then I decided that I would up the ante and I would create situations where real failure could happen so I would, so that I would, like, uh, subvert the whole idea of failure in in that, like, I would have the performer um, work all the lights Mm -hmm. so they wouldn't be lit from the booth or from the stage light, it would be Uh lit from light bulbs that would be hooked up in different ways. So he would pull a switch here, and a light would come on over here, and then eventually he would shut it off in a different location. Wow. So... Uh, maybe it wouldn't work maybe someone would trip over the cord and then the light the stage would be dark like that's Hmm. that's pretend that could be failure I mean no one could see right yeah that's true (laughs) so so that like emotional idea of failure doesn't even exist because now the stage is dark right um so that for me in um putting myself in that situation where real failure could exist then mm. put more, more of my focus in the
1: process. That's really interesting. And so you're doing that consciously when you're creating the work? I have You're been. having these conversations with failure?
0: Yes. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been for the past few years.
1: And then I thought, am
0: I hiding behind this? Mm. Like, is it now too much of a technical thing that
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm not really creating in a in a uh, I'm more navigating potential or navigating oh, obstacle yeah. rather than mm-hmm. developing in an idea yeah so that's where I'm at now that's where you're at that's now okay at you're now. still figuring that out yeah like okay <laughs> yeah. and now where am I hiding
1: where can I bring myself more mm-hmm. forward I think it's kind of the same as if you're focusing too much on success. If you start to focus too much on failure, yes, both yeah. of those are end results. Yes, absolutely. Even if they're complete opposites. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And I think, too, if you staying with the, the the process and staying with the individual that you're working with, like listening enough to for a nugget that you didn't even know existed going into the process, mm-hmm. if you listen to it and work together with the artist that you're creating movement with it can really take some real beautiful turns
1: yeah and do you find that when you're being choreographed as well have you had experience yeah
0: yeah I'm actually I actually get a little I I um I love ensemble work Mm -hmm. so I'm listening to the group I love the act of of being within the group moving on stage Mm -hmm. um that I sometimes don't bring my full self forward Mm. I only bring a part forward uh to work within the ensemble Hmm. Why I've just you, been noticing that lately. Why is that you think To be a cohesive unit? Maybe it's that musical theater thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't um, I don't think it has to be that way. Right, but I did notice that about myself lately. Interesting. Yeah.
1: yeah because I think there are some performers that would really put their whole selves and their whole hearts just on the table. And, yes. But it can also be good to know what to give and what to uh-huh. hold back a bit. Yeah yeah.
0: yeah. I love them both. I love doing them both both. Being yeah. a performing freelance performing
1: artist and a creative artist mm-hmm. can be really taxing. Yeah, and so and you're balancing great. the two at the moment. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, and oh, I, I yeah, saw crazy. It, that is yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. It's a because lot. it's a completely different mindset that you have to shift yeah. between. Actually, it's so good though. Yeah, I mean, I really can check myself.
0: Yeah, um, I, like bounce between director and performer, mm. like be in other
1: people's shoes all the time. Mm-hmm. Keeps me humble. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Um, I saw also you created a solo recently yeah. for the Walker Choreographer Evening. Was that? Yeah. yeah. It was murder. Really? I was, I really, because <laughs> I'm actually, this is a bit of a selfish question because I'm working on a solo right <laughs> I mean, now. And it's the first time I've choreographed a solo without any external direction. Great. Um, good for you. It's really it's challenging. I, I love it, but it's also terrifying yeah. at the same time. And yeah. so I'm curious about your process of creating a solo. And It was, it was it was hard. Yeah,
0: um, I went to some dark places. Really? Yeah. Well, I used to create solos regularly. Okay. For myself. Yeah. Um, because it's easier. You're. You're just you, and yeah. you can work all night long, and <laughs> yeah, you exactly. figure it out. And um, had been um, in this practice of of cho- I used to really choreograph heavy, mm-hmm. heavily everything. Okay. Um, and then I let go a bit and did like half choreograph, half improv. Mm-hmm. And I learned so much, um, improvising mm-hmm. that I started to develop that part of my personal practice and creating solo work. Mm, amazing. It's, it was good. Yeah. But then, then I choreographed less and less and less. Okay. So it became it, more improv. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I know how that (laughs) goes. It's it's a nice skill to have. Yeah. yeah. This one, I decided that I was going to um, choreograph everything. Hmm. And... um, Ambitious. (laughs) Yeah, every little moment. And I was going to do it to text uh, Mm -hmm. because I, in a work with um, one of the choreographers I work with... Mm -hmm which I do take very seriously my job as a freelance artist to not take work to other people's process. Mm, Okay. So in this particular rehearsal, she's an amazing generator of movement ideas Mm. by playing a lot of games. Okay. Um, and um, I don't know if I should mention. You can, yeah. My name is Jennifer Glaz, and okay. she's fantastic at generating movement. Great. And she had us play with this game mm-hmm. using um, sound that was a different language. And we had to, for me, I realized I have to hear it, mm-hmm. respond to it, make a decision fast, mm-hmm. and move on to the next thing and remember it. Okay. And I liked how that felt inside my body. Yeah. And so I saw the potential and how that could get me out of some creative habits. Yeah, definitely. So then I, I took it be. into my own research mm-hmm. and I thought, what What would be something that would be really challenging to do this on mm-hmm. to hold me to task? And it was, I found this great uh, interview with Judith Butler
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, um, she just, she speaks so densely. She, she's an mm-hmm. academic and yes. language. so you know. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was going to be hard. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and she's a little monotone too. So I had to really listen to find the nuance in the voice. And I've mm-hmm. been interested in how people speak for a number of years now. And the incidentals and how people come up with ideas. And yeah. the, the sound of their voice and the, how they find a word. And so I had already been in that mindset. Um, but it was laborious. Did you have any external direction on it? No. No, it's all yourself. No, wow. I, I, I told myself I'm going to do this the right way. i yeah. get done early. I'm going to invite people into the process and watch me and tell yeah. me what they think. And yeah. Of course, I didn't do of it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, this is the research you set yourself out to do. You cannot improv. You must choreograph wow. every moment of it. Um, and trust yourself. So f- feel the impulse. Um, make a decision, move on, mm. and s- to stick with it. Yeah, and so that's what it was. And it was murder. Wow! Because I was, it was like a sentence would take
1: days. Yeah, yeah. There's so many times you just go into I. I've experienced you just go in the studio and just kind of sit there, yeah, just right. waiting. For, yeah, yeah, staring at the ceiling, <laughs> yeah, lying exactly. my back. When I lie that's there on it. my
0: back staring, I know that I'm in my process. Exactly. This is part of it.
1: I, that my must st- be a dancer thing, because that's exactly what I do, too. Do you? Yeah. you, do yeah. you? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's part of it.
1: Yeah, it's part of the process. Sometimes it's going to the studio and doing that. I mean, you've done your job. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You you've in. been there. Yeah, it is clocking in to a certain extent. I mean... You think that as a creative, you constantly have to be creating, but there are days you just clock in and lay there and that's it. And that's you have to it. be okay with that.
0: Mm-hmm. And you have to be okay leaving too. Yeah, definitely. So you didn't, that's all I did. Yeah. That's enough.
1: Yeah. Time to go.
0: <laughs> but I did it and I'm, I'm proud that I... Amazing. Got it done, I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> it was real it is, good to be so terrified it is but it was good. You know, yeah. It pushes us. It felt like a threshold.
1: Good. I needed to do a solo. Good. And I needed to feel really scared. Are you gonna continue it or was that it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to have something that, um, if somebody said, Sharon, can you come perform at this? Mm. I would say, Yeah, I have this Yeah. This solo that or, you know. Yeah, it's good to have doing improv stuff, but to have this boxed little package mm-hmm. that I could submit to something.
1: Perfect. Do you do quite a bit of research in your creation process? Depends External. On the, it research. depends on the process.
0: Okay. My process is different depending on the work I'm doing. Okay.
1: I know you use a lot of interdisciplinary elements. You know, mm-hmm. you're talking about sound and I think media. And mm-hmm. how do you how do you tend to bring that into your performance? When do you know that it needs that? Well, when I think about outside influence, I think about like. Research, like some, mm-hmm.
0: um, to break it down a little bit. I would bring in writing mm-hmm. or I would have the artist bring in some writing yeah. if they chose to. Or sometimes, like, people in the process would send me something. I just sat down and I wrote this and I think you might mm-hmm. be interested in it and maybe we can de- put it into the development of mm-hmm. the work somehow. Um, I did a piece of work years and years and years ago about... Um, I said I'll have to do something about domestic violence but mm-hmm. it really turned out to be my own experience with that mm-hmm. and so I I wanted to bring us all on the same page so I I did a lot of research on uh, anger and anger management and when mm-hmm. people do what they do and then I would bring in all this literature and then we'd sit together there was a, a, a duet and then I was mm-hmm. in the room so we'd just all talk
1: about it wow that's powerful yeah
0: it was great. I and mean, it was a great to... It deepened the, the mm. process for us. Um, and it was good for me to put... To, put, to vibrate with my words. Right. And um, uh, not just the whole body, you know? Yeah. the other people play it out, but I was actually part of it. Right.
1: Um, you weren't dancing in that? I did
0: not okay. dance in that. Yeah. That was the first thing I pref- choreographed that I did not dance in.
1: Okay. Yeah. How was... I'm just thinking you know there we have these like so deeply personal experiences and then try to translate that through other bodies yeah that's not a question that's just a thought that i just had i guess while you were talking about that but it's really can be a really tricky thing to navigate to kind of keep the dancers safe but then also translate that emotion to them i mean yeah yeah
0: it depends yeah it's i think there's endless ways to to do that Sometimes we'll we'll work out improv ideas that are really uh, abstract and not emotional at all. Mm -hmm. And then I'll say, put them in your head space. Like, do this with your head. Or feel Mm -hmm. it in your solar plexus. And then Mm -hmm. it changes the movement. I did for a long time. I think I I had my thesis in college where I was really interested in postmodern movement aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Um, That was pretty... Sparse and um, essential. Okay. Only essential movement.
1: Yeah. Were there artists in particular you were drawn to at that time? Uh, Yvonne Rainer. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh no, I'm not I can't think of anybody. I'll think of it. That's okay, all right. I, <laughs> I was also interested in emotionally emotional content, mm, like okay. authentic, like really not put on emotional, but really like emotionally connected performance. Yes. So how did, did those two things can they live together? Mm. So
1: my thesis really was. It was interesting. Because I think of postmodern as so unemotional. Yeah. yeah. want to read your thesis. <laughs> my thesis was... Well.
0: My thesis was... Well. Um, postmodern, movement, aesthetic, and Alfred Hitchcock's directorial techniques. And mm-hmm. he um, was meanie, big meanie. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. So he would put actors in a situation that they had to have an emotional... A real right. emotional response. So I... You know, researched it, but then I mm-hmm. brought my own nicer, yes. kinder...
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. More gentle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh,
0: consent. Yeah. So that I realize in all these grants, writing a lot of grants, around grants, that I really stayed true to that research, mm. I think. Yeah. It's still really interesting to yeah. me, those two things together. Do you still draw a lot from kind of postmodern influences in your work? I think so. I just yeah. think it's part of my interest and... In, mm. I think you think I think I do. <laughs> I like to have a full toolbox. yeah, and I do think that's a big part of it mm-hmm.
1: How do you feel like your creative process has evolved over the years?
0: I go with it easier.
1: Is it a similar cycle? It's,
0: yeah, well, it's still I still work with chance. I still really respect my collaborators. Mm-hmm. That's number one for me. Um, it's always the the individual not the indiv- the individual to me is more important than the process and the work. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a problem. But yeah, you know, maybe no, that's But I think that
1: that's part of your voice. That's part of your. It's creation. way I mean, yeah. yeah. It's so
0: important. Yeah, it, it It matters more to me to have people want to continue working with me and yeah. that we grow together than to have um, tons of work. And, yeah. Like, beautiful theaters and it's sustainable. Yeah, exactly. That's That's it. Yeah. Um, let's see. How is it? it, It's, it takes a lot longer. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like to work really fast. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not able to spend the amount of hours and days Mm -hmm. consecutively, in a in a project. Mm -hmm. Um, I have been lighter about, I've been more interested in process. So the end results, um, I let things be where they are, like I said, yeah. And, and then I developed them over a number of years,
1: yeah.
0: And that I've I've let that not freak me out too much,
1: yeah. Because I can, <laughs> you know, I think we can get kind of caught up. Oh, I know and... the impatience, mm-hmm. wanting to see a project timeline. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I am
0: really grateful to be doing it. Yeah, uh, and so I feel being in the studio space is really a luxury. And I really, really feel that. Yeah. I really enjoy it, and I'm really grateful I'm still doing it. So um, that resonates differently mm-hmm. than it did 20 years ago. Yeah.
1: More of a sense of gratefulness? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, we're told that we time out at, at a certain I age. know. I know. It's dancers especially. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's probably the biggest difference. I'm less hard on myself. Mm-hmm. I'm more grateful. And I think that only makes the whole process better. I spend less time beating myself up. That's so important. Yeah, I trust my gut probably better too. Strategically. Yeah. Not like, oh my gosh, I just I had to throw this together. I trust my gut. No right, but but just really. Yeah. Going with your
1: intuition. Game.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Choice making.
1: Yeah, and I it sounds like good. you take your, take care of yourself in the process. I try really hard. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It doesn't always happen. No, but, but try really But hard. having that self awareness about it, it's already the first thing, so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. Well, what are you working on at the moment, if there's anything you can't well, talk about? I'm trying about? to decide that um, uh,
0: I had a project in mind that I was, uh, I had big
1: thoughts for. Mm-hmm. It was a, I'm sorry, just to clarify, you work with a collective? Do you work well, with the same dancers? I tend to sure. work, I, again, slow cooker. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, I've been working with, um, like, five or six people okay. pretty regularly over yeah. the past five six years that are just a joy to work with and they're amazing Mm -hmm. i feel so lucky to be working with these artists yeah um i love working with older artists too so Mm -hmm. a number of the artists are over 30 Mm -hmm. um into their 60s amazing yeah
1: do you work with Erin Thompson? I do. Or, uh, yeah, I'm taking do. her classes at Xenon. Oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 she's great. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. I've
0: been interested in the seasoned body and mind mm-hmm. um, since I've been in my 20s. Oh amazing. I saw the, these women, all women, mm-hmm. and they were 40 plus. Wow! And they were just fierce. Amazing. Amazing people.
1: If you and think of like, that name, wait. A minute, I will, let me know.
0: I will. They were so much more interesting to watch. Than mm-hmm. Younger, like no offense.
1: No, but cuz you know, I was twenty at the time. Like, yeah. Man,
0: the, like this
1: is this is it. Yeah. There's so much wisdom in the body. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I can and really weight. appreciate People that. People
0: use time and wait. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. So I was. Yes. I've been working
0: on. I'm um, interested in uh, the idea of um, water and human connection as waning resources. And is mm-hmm. there is there a, is there, um, a um a reason why that they both are Mm. that process of going to the water and getting this essential thing every single day Mm -hmm. and what that does to community yeah and we're so far removed from that source we don't care about the source anymore right so looking at that uh, Mm. concept but then using um, pro- multiple projections and refracted light mm. off of glass to distort the image.
1: Beautiful.
0: It. it I really have been enjoying working on it. Again, it goes mm-hmm. back to I can do some of the technical things and include my child in it, mm-hmm. which is it makes it even more sustainable. Oh, yeah. And then he can see what I do. Yeah. Um, and he can learn about projection and image. And, yeah. Um, but so... Uh, I had a grant to do part of it, and I was able to fulfill the grant, but it was only on a small scale. Okay. But it might be done. Maybe that's it.
1: Wow. Well. <laughs> I don't know. I'm yeah. not
0: sure if it is or not. I've just been sitting with it and trying mm-hmm. to decide if that, should that just be it? It came across um, a phrase in a book that I I just read it, and, mm-hmm. and I I, I don't have the phrase, but I can get that to you too. Okay, sure. It was about the movement and stillness, like yeah. um, what happens just from being still. Hmm. Uh, so I've just been chewing on that, chewing on that, chewing on that. And I don't know hmm. if it relates to that project or if it's its own thing. Interesting. Yeah, sometimes it's good to get away from it and do something fun and goofy. It and, is good, yeah. But um, I don't know. That might be a slow cooker
1: project or it might be done. Mm, interesting. I'm not totally sure. Cool. I'm excited to see where that goes. I hope I get to see her work in person sometime soon. It's been so long. I hope. Well, maybe I'll bring it tomorrow. There we go. So I always end with a couple questions for everyone. Um, And I'm curious if you have any daily rituals that enhance your creative process. I should. (laughs) Well, I usually hike in the woods. Mm.
0: I usually do that every day. And that's been important. That's been a way to uh, get in touch and Mm -hmm. to find an answer so I'm usually outside every day mm. do you live near the woods uh I mean Minneapolis is so easy to it is. submerge yourself in some beautiful place I
1: know I love that about this place
0: yeah it, it's like perspective too mm-hmm. like I'm this big and this is happening so fine without me
1: yeah I don't
0: know there's something yeah. Balancing
1: about yeah definitely um walking in nature
0: mm-hmm. walking in nature yeah I should have a lot more. I could say a lot of things that I sometimes do and sometimes not do, but I'm going to be honest. <laughs> That's okay. It wouldn't be an everyday thing. I have a lot
1: of this too. <laughs> uh, coffee. I drink coffee every day. Yeah. Um, Definitely helps the creative process. Yeah. That's my excuse. <laughs> yeah.
0: That. Yeah. I enjoy the process of the pour over. Yeah. Um, I like to write. I don't always write every day. Mm-hmm. I uh, find that I... Um, I definitely listen every day. Ponder on sound a sound every every single day. Mm-hmm. And if I photograph things, I I'm I'm gonna have a better day. Hmm. So if I take a little time, if I see. I try to take a photograph a day, and there's something about that that kind of that um that focuses mm-hmm. me in just ever
1: so briefly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and it brings me to a nice like grounded place. Hm. I like that really interesting it's an interesting way of focusing your attention i've never i think people take photos so you know randomly now with iphones it's so easy yes but yes (laughs) yeah i I like that meditative way of taking a photo i'd I'd be
0: like okay i'm gonna sit here right now and i know there's something in here i'm gonna photograph Mm. what is that gonna
1: be nice very nice um so the other that's actually kind of ties into the other question which is uh do you have any external interests from dance that may surprise people about you oh yeah, yeah. Well, one thing that might surprise
0: people is I what? I consider myself um, a musician before, really. Yeah. Huh.
1: Before a dancer. Yeah. Wow.
0: It took me years to call myself a dancer. Yeah. Okay. Decades. Interesting. I don't know
1: why? It was so silly. Huh.
0: Um. Yeah. Yeah. What M- kind of music do you do? Anything. Well, uh, I just uh, I just enjoy music. It keeps me uh, calm. It's. Mm-hmm. Uh, helps me process. Um it's just been a consistent go to for me. It was the easiest thing that if I somebody asked me um, to do something I could I could play music or whatever. Wow. Do you play any particular instruments? Or? I did play the piano. Played saxophone. <laughs> but I love the piano. Okay. Um I just love sound. Yeah. So music. Um I used to like to get a like a fashion magazine and go and try to get a sense of like
1: yeah the trends
0: um I, I yeah god there's so many good ones I'm gonna have to write them in
1: yeah can you can do that we can do we can, a little, we can do a little compilation the yeah
0: end. exactly <laughs> I literally just listed off a ton really just a couple of days ago interesting yeah I like to roller skate oh but that might be someone like know that about me I love pinball games Hmm. Russian literature. Wow, like, I really love Russian literature. Yeah. That's
1: another one. Mm, cool. Um, well, I think we'll start to wrap it up. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about regarding your work now, or any news to share, or did we kind of cover it all? Yeah, I think we covered it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I
0: don't have any one way to work. Yeah, which, which is I'm nice. Mm-hmm. I like to keep it
1: fresh. Yeah. And that also allows you to thing. always keep balancing your own personal life and everything and kind of reorganizing that. I think mm-hmm. it yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Be kind.
0: Mm-hmm. Keep it fresh. Don't get too caught up in the cultural, the, the social thing. Yeah. We all be, be good. I'll be good. No, yeah. no,
1: yeah. good advice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that as our ending advice. <laughs> bring food
0: bring food to rehearsal
1: and bring food. Yeah, oh, yeah. yes, always good. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, where can people go to find your work? Where would it be the best place if they wanted to look into you more? Um,
0: well, you can Google my name, mm-hmm. if some things come up. Cool. Um, my website needs to be better. Okay, so maybe this is a good push. Perfect. My there you better. Go. <laughs> um, is that Picasso projects.org? Okay i don't like the name of it really yeah is it too similar to the artist picasso well i don't like to use my own name okay so that so org, and um yeah that'll be a good start
1: perfect yeah all right great well thank you so much for being here and talking with me it's been really lovely thank you yeah Uh, great way to go thanks (laughs) find links to Sharon's work and everything we talked about in this episode, check out the show notes at rubyjosephine.com under the podcast tab. You can also follow this podcast on Instagram or Facebook at Process Piece and get these episodes delivered directly to your inbox along with a whole lot of extra inspiration by subscribing to my newsletter, The Sunday Pancake, letters and reference of creative rituals. Head over to rubyjosephine.com slash subscribe. If you've been enjoying Process Peace, I would so appreciate you choosing to support the podcast in any or all of three ways. One, leave a rating and review on iTunes. Two, share your favorite episode with a friend or on social media. And three, make a contribution at buymeacoffee.com slash Rubyjo. Thanks again to Sharon for sharing this conversation with me. A huge thanks to Cooper Lee Smith for creating the original music for this podcast. And as always, a special thanks to you for listening.